I'm sure most of you know a lot about his life. You know his story. You knew something about where he grew up. You know something about uh, some of the things he can do. Maybe you've seen him. You've read about him. There's probably for most of us, there isn't a time in our life when we can't remember not knowing about him. And with all the times we've seen him, all the times we've talked about him, all the times we've read about him, really the probably one of the most pressing questions that is left is really, is Clark Kent pretending to be Superman or is Superman pretending to be Clark Kent? Life's deep questions, right? And you'll get home and be like, oh, I get it, because that's, yeah. Now, out of the Great Depression came the Man of Steel, and, you know, you've read about him, you've seen him, and he's the man everybody calls on when they need something. When times are tough, you've got to call Superman, and everybody needs Superman. He's the Man of Steel anyway, isn't he? And he's long stood as an icon for justice and strength, and he's just the guy we need to take care of things, or when we get attacked by aliens or something like that. He's the one we need. Now, if you read the comics, or if you listened to the radio uh, programs, or if you watched um, the movie, the second one, or even the third or the fourth one, I think there was a new one after that, right? Or if you've watched the television show, you know, even... There's the old one, and then there's that one that came later on, and I think there was one, they think there was a cartoon as well, and then there's still another. You get my point. If you've noticed anything about Superman over the years, you've noticed he's kind of changed, hasn't he? Did you know Superman finally got married to Lois Lane? You know, he's so brave and everything, he couldn't pop the question for years. But he finally married Lois Lane. We've watched him get married. Did you know Superman even died at one point? We watched, that made national news when that issue came out. Did you know even his superpowers have changed over the years? Right? Remember when Superman first came out? He couldn't fly. He was able to leap tall buildings with what? Single bound. It wasn't until the people who were doing the animation said, you know what? It is getting too difficult to keep animating some man jumping around. So they suggested that his superpower be to fly. Because it's easier to draw someone flying than to jump around. Now, Superman. I've known a lot of people in the church. And I don't know that too many of them, at least on a regular basis, were in the habit of wearing um, matching tights, cape, and outfits with their initials on their chest. But I have known a lot of Supermen and superwomen. Even a lot of super children, believe it or not. And these are the people that others call on when things get tough. These are the people that other people depend on. These are the people that can get the job done. You know, they say in church it's 20% of the people that does the work for the rest of the 80%. And most times there's a lot of supermen and superwomen inside the little 20 I know some of you are some of those supermen and superwomen. And I thank God for those supermen and superwomen. I also thank God for those of you who don't realize how super you can be. Those of you who work and work for your families, 
Work to build relationships. Work to make sure that you and your wife and your spouse and your children and your children's children have, have, have livelihoods. I thank God for all of you supermen and superwomen. I think today in this morning's gospel lesson, I think there's a message for us super people. Now I want you to think about The disciples of Jesus, at this time, they were probably young men, very young men. Jesus has called them in to be his disciples, and they're like, hey, this guy, this is good. And he teaches them some things, and he prepares them a little bit, and finally he says, it's time. I'm sending you out two by two. Remember this? Go place to place, go door to door, pass out flyers for vacation Bible school. He didn't say that, but he did send them out, if you remember. And when Mark picks up today, they're just coming in from all that. Mark calls them the apostles. Mark doesn't usually do that, but he calls them the apostles. The apostles come to Jesus. And I can just see big grins on their face because, you know, maybe when they, when they set out, they were thinking, we didn't sign up for this. We wanted to follow you. We can't do this. But then they come back and they're telling Jesus everything they taught and everything they did in his name. And Jesus is listening to them. Maybe there's something in their eyes Maybe it's something about the way they're walking. Maybe they're holding their stomachs. I don't know. But Jesus says, hold, stop. We need to get away. We we, we need to go to a quiet place. Now, why would Jesus tell his disciples that? That's not a trick question. Mark kind of alludes to it. And, you know, we've been very deep here this morning. But Jesus tells them that because... They were tired. They had just walked town to town, door to door, home to home, walked here and there, taught and did all these things. They were probably physically exhausted. I know some of you know that feeling. Think about ham and bean night. Come about 9 o'clock. How are you feeling? Now multiply that over days and weeks. How are you feeling now? I bet they were physically exhausted. Some of you are like, well, what's that? Well, get ready. You're going to know. And for those of you who've ever worked with people on a personal basis, you know there's not only physical exhaustion, there's also an emotional exhaustion where you just can give your emotions and give and give and give. And finally you get to the point, I have nothing else to give. So I can see these disciples, these young men being physically and emotionally just drained. And Jesus says, let's rest a while. Even Superman needs to rest a while, doesn't he? Don't you? I mean, yeah. Y'all with me? Yeah. Even Superman, even you and I need to rest a little bit. We can get so caught up in our routine, because that's what it is, isn't it? Our routine of coming and going and doing and this and having that and working on this and being stretched out here and back and forth. And like someone said, we can become human doings rather than human beings. Now, I didn't say it. That was deep, but I didn't say it. Somebody said it. Stretch so 
much. You know, we get so caught up in that, we can't even remember, you know, the creation story in Genesis, where even God decided, hey, I need to take a break in the hammock. I've done some work. I need to rest. And we can just be pulled back, forth, back. And that's draining, isn't it? Sure it is. Jesus once said that the Sabbath isn't for God, it's for man. We need the rest. And sometimes I wonder if we realize, you know, in all of our going and going and doing and doing, you ever realize that as much as we work and work and work, the work never really goes away, does it? It's always still there. Friends, we need time alone. We need time away. That's what Jesus was inviting his disciples to that day. Richard Foster, in his book, Celebration of Discipline, says that part of the problem of solitude is that most of us fear being alone. It's the young boy who's new to the neighborhood who cries to his mommy, nobody ever wants to play with me. Or it's the college freshman who, after graduating high school, where he was the center of attention, now feels like in the whole world of college, I'm nobody. It's the successful business executive who sits in her office, powerful, yet all alone. It's the woman who lies in a nursing home, alone, just waiting to go home. We are scared of solitude sometimes, aren't we? But friends, finding a time to rest, finding a time to rest a while, just like Jesus offered, finding that time intentionally, I believe is an important part of our Christian faith. I believe it's an important part of our Christian discipleship, of us becoming like Jesus. Finding time to rest is important. Now, hopefully, I heard one pastor say, you know, if you lined up every person in a row who's ever slept in my sermon, they'd be real comfortable. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully, your time of rest isn't just on Sunday morning about 1030 or so. But if it is, sometimes you've got to take what you can get, right? Yeah. But we all need rest. The Sabbath day. The Sabbath, referring to the day that God rested is a day for us to rest as well. Having that time to rest is something we need. Now, your Sabbath and my Sabbath may not look the same. Your Sabbath may include being out on a boat with a fishing reel in your hand. Or your Sabbath may be at a recliner with a book in your hand. Hmm? Or your, your, your Sabbath may be down a trail walking or on a bike by the water. Your Sabbath may be out on the swing listening to nature. Your Sabbath may be different than my Sabbath, but we all need rest. Don't we? Yes, we do. We all need a Sabbath rest. And why is that? Because even... Superman. 
gets a little tired. <laughs> Doesn't he? Doesn't he? Yeah. Now, don't get me wrong. I've known a lot of supermen, superwomen, but also I've also known a lot of uh, these other people come up, you know, trying to be superman, superman, but, you know, they're just so weak. Lord, Pastor, I got this kryptonite, and, you know, I'd love to help you, but I'm just so, I can't do it. I'm just worn out. Mm. I'd love to be there and listen and to be a part. Oh, I love children, but <clears throat> at least the truth, okay? <laughs> huh? Y'all with me? that the rest we have, it's more than just relaxing. It's more than just recharging even. The rest that we have in God, the Sabbath that we share, is more about reconnecting. When you're out on your Sabbath, know that that's your time to connect with God. And you can use that time to be open to God. Many times in your rest, God will speak to you in many ways. And as you're there on your rest, you can be thankful for that time, thankful that you have the, the means to be a part of, of that. Be thankful that you can do those things, but always use it as a time to reconnect with God. In our gospel reading, just like in life, we've said already, the work never goes away. Jesus said, you need to get away a while. We need to rest. We need to get you all uh, uh, rested up. And what happened? They got on the boat to go to a solitude place, a place all alone. And what happened? The people said, oh, you ain't going nowhere. We'll follow you. I need some healing. And the crowds followed them. The work never disappeared. But Jesus had compassion, Mark tells us, on the people. And he told them, I'll spend time with you. I'll teach you. And we need to rest because there is always more ministry work to do. If you don't believe me, show up next week. Hmm? There is always work to do. And you and I need to be able to do the work. We also need to be able to live our lives be faithful outside of this place as well. See, I don't know what superpower you ask for, but you know what? In life, being invisible, you know, you can be invisible, but that doesn't mean you can hide the pain. Or you can be super strong, but that doesn't mean you can get through everything. But if we can find rest, the rest in Christ, we can be renewed. Our strength can be built up. And we can face what this life throws at us with confidence and with the assurance of God's presence with us. Remember, it's the 23rd Psalm that says God makes us lie down 
in green pastures. And God is the one who leads us beside the still waters. Friends, may each of you find rest in Christ today. In Christ's name, amen.